hello, Convention of State supporters. Welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush. I will be your host for this episode. And of course, I don't have Rita with me, unfortunately. She's feeling under the weather. She couldn't make it to the broadcast. So please keep her in your prayers. Uh, please let us know where you're tuning in from. Drop us a link or drop us a comment. Let us know what state that you're watching. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're at it, uh, send out a, a share. Let people know about uh, this uh, letting people know about Convention of States and this Facebook Live. This is how we grow our base of support. We need to tell more people about an Article 5 Convention of States and how we can use this to beat back Washington, D.C. Well, we got a great show lined up for you. Could Iowa be the next state to pass the COS resolution? Could they become state number, uh, number 20? Today, we're putting a spotlight on the Hawkeye State, which has seen a flurry of legislation activity in the past week. Rita interviewed our chief sponsor in the Iowa Senate, Senator Jesse Green, to get the latest on the impressive progress that has been made there in just the last seven days. We have a new edition of COS Now to keep you updated with Convention of States. But first, we have our Article 5 Trivia Giveaway with Mike Ruthenberg. Mike, over to you. Andrew, great to see you. Thanks so much for bringing me on and bringing me into the COS Live. It's so exciting to be able to be here and get in front of tens of thousands of fantastic COS supporters in every single state in the union. It's an honor. It's humbling. And one of the best things about it is I get to give away stuff. And that's exactly why I'm here, is hopefully to lift up your knowledge of COS a little bit and to give away some stuff. Today, I am wearing the Rally Tee. It has the giant COS logo on it and it is equally as popular as our COS button. We have a three inch round button that everybody wears in the legislatures. A lot of people when they come to rallies, when they come to the Capitol, when they're doing events, whether it's a surge event, which is designed to bring a whole bunch of volunteers into the Capitol to be able to share some information about COS, to stimulate conversation about COS in a way that's undeniable. When all of you guys, are the constituent who are the constituents of these legislators come at once, they're going to listen. They're going to focus. And that's why these surge events are so popular. That's why our rally T is so popular because people see this logo, they recognize it and they know exactly what is coming. And it's also fantastic when you bump into somebody in the street wearing a t-shirt like this, they are going to go, Ooh, what's a COS? Say, I'm glad you asked, and you can start that conversation right then and there. So this is one of our least lowest price shirts. We we certainly don't try to make a whole lot of money in the store. What we're trying to do is get stuff out so people can be walking and talking and wearing and sharing. And this one is in particularly important to us. I'm going to give one away today. If you don't win it, go to shopconventionofstates.com and get one yourself. It's a great shirt to wear. Who doesn't like a white T-shirt? especially with a big COS logo on it. So now the way I'm going to give it away is by telling you our giveaway question today. It's so fun. I get to see so many of you participate week in and week out. And although we've had a couple of hiatuses for our legislative sessions that come, we've been preempted, of course, which I'm glad to be preempted when it comes to getting to watch some of the legislative activity that's going on all around the nation. So here we go. Here's our question. We are working to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States, and I'm pretty sure you know that, but it wouldn't be the first interstate convention 
in American history. You think, wait a second, it wouldn't be the first interstate convention in American history? No, it would not. The question is how many interstate conventions have been conducted in American history, both before and after the formation of the U.S. Constitution? We'll give you a multiple choice because it's not an easy number to pull out. Here's A, 10, B, 27, C, 33, or D, 42. Again, how many interstate conventions have been conducted in American history, both before and after the formation of the United States Constitution? Answer A, 10, B, 27, C, 33, and D is 42. Go ahead and type your answer in there. I hope you're the one that won. And what I'm going to do when I come back is not only give you the answer, but explain a little bit about what is all this convention stuff about anyway, and why does it matter to us? But for now, you're going to get to hear from Andrew, and you're also going to get to hear from Senator Jesse Green from Iowa. There's a lot going on there. It's going to be a great show. We'll see on the backside of it. Back to you, Andrew. Thanks, Mike. Before we go to our interview, let's see some history being made. Here's the latest news from the Convention of States movement. It's this week's edition of COS Now. Legislative movement kicked into high gear in Iowa last week. Earlier in the week, the team was joined by Rick Santorum and Mark Meckler for a town hall in Des Moines with eight legislators in attendance. And Michael Ferris was later present to meet with legislators. On Wednesday, a subcommittee in the Iowa Senate held a hearing on our Article 5 application. Great work to the Iowa team for a 2-1 vote, and the resolution will need approval through the full committee before it can be considered by the Iowa Senate. Then, on Thursday morning, an Iowa House subcommittee also voted 2-1 to one to advance our resolution. And later that same evening, the Iowa House State Government Committee voted 12-11 to 11 to advance the resolution to the full Iowa House floor. While he was in Iowa to testify for Convention States, co-founder Michael Ferris ran into 2024 presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, who not only knew of convention states but gave his full-throated endorsement. So I think I think just getting that convention together, calling it alone, will have a useful function for the country. And I challenge every other GOP candidate in this field to recognize the same thing. Meanwhile, MSNBC continues its war on Florida Governor DeSantis for his own support of our Article 5 movement. But on the more positive side, both COS co-founders appeared on the Mark Levin Show and Steve Dace Show, respectively. They didn't like the idea that Congress could decide its own power. And so, you know, it, it, it's the question of not where are the saints we're going to get, is which senators do you want to decide how much power Congress you should have? I want somebody other than that, those senators in Washington, D.C. And as far as the state legislators go, they have a responsibility. They have a duty under the federal constitution, under Article 5, to help save this country. Both Dace and Levin are official endorsers. On Tuesday, the Kansas House Committee on Federal and State Affairs advanced our resolution by a vote of 13 to 10. The resolution now goes to the full house in Kansas. Meanwhile, in North Dakota, the team there showed up to defend their already passed resolution as one legislator continues to push a rescission effort of all Article 5 applications in that state. The measure was eventually defeated 15 to 31 by the Senate, meaning that North Dakota will remain state number 10 for the foreseeable future. On Thursday, the New Hampshire House debated the Convention of States resolution and eventually voted 157 to 192 against the measure. The CUS New Hampshire team deserves a ton of kudos for bringing several Democrat support on board, like this one, who gave arguably the most logical case for Convention of States that you'll ever hear. If I know the Founding Fathers, in their wisdom, allowed the creation of amendments for improving the Constitution, 
and they also understood the effects of power and authority on human nature. If I also believe that Article 5 was given to us as a system of checks and balances to use when Congress refuses to act on the concerns of we the people, would you now join me in choosing faith in the process that the Founding Fathers left, we the people, and press the green button to support the bipartisan committee recommendation of ought to pass. On Monday evening, a bitter disappointment was suffered at the hands of the Wyoming House, which declined to pass our resolution by a vote of 21 to 41. A successful vote would have made Wyoming the 20th state to join the movement. However, we want to shower praise on the Wyoming team for going farther than they ever have in the legislative process. We trust their efforts will be rewarded in the end. Conventional states teams continue to hold events around the country, including at Capitol events in Connecticut, Arkansas, and Hawaii. Finally, Conventional States launched a new look for our store where you can support the movement while also sporting patriotic gear. Use code COS15 to get 15% off. And now you're up to date with Conventional States. Thank you, Producer G, for putting together another edition of COS Now. It is just great to see so many of our endorsers out there who are champions for Convention of States, who are helping to elevate our movement, who are helping to uh, get us across the finish line. Ultimately, it's the grassroots that are going to do the, the true heavy lifting of getting uh, enough states to get to a convention. I do love that there was that Democratic representative in New Hampshire who said that we need to trust in the faith of our found, or we need to trust in our, we need to put our faith in the process that the founding fathers gave to us. And that is so true. I wish that that faith could have been extended to Wyoming, which would have made Wyoming the 20th state to, 20th state to pass. It's unfortunate that there is still so much fear surrounding an Article 5 Convention of States when there really should not. It has been well vetted. Our legislation is the true solution to the problems we are seeing right now within the federal government. And we just need to trust the process, trust the wisdom of the Founding Fathers, and we need to get as many people engaged as possible. Clearly, last week was a busy one for Convention of States, and we're seeing some significant movement in Iowa. We're expecting a hearing in the Iowa Senate Committee very soon, so stay tuned for that. We hope to bring you live video of that hearing. But what about the legislators spearheading this effort? Rita conducted a remote interview with one of our sponsors last week, and Producer G was there in Iowa to record Senator Green's side of the conversation. So that's why you'll see him looking off camera. Iowa is now our state to watch to be the next to pass our resolution. Let's roll the interview with Senator Green. Well, it is my honor to welcome to the program today, Iowa State Senator Jesse Green. He is an Iowa Senator who is the primary sponsor of our Convention of States Action Resolution this year. And Senator Green, so glad to have you. Thank you for being on the program with me today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be with you. We're going to get into the events of yesterday, as well as the status of our legislation in Iowa in just a bit. But I'd like to start off by hearing your Convention of State story. You are, again, a leading sponsor and champion for our Article 5 resolution there in Iowa. I'd like to hear from your heart, why do you support using Article 5 as a check and balance against federal tyranny? Well, that's a great question. Uh, to me, it's, a, it's an issue of common sense that the founders uh, would try to, to put people in charge, not government. And, and 
Ever since um, I'm 38 years old now, born 1984, and everybody talks about issues like national debt and, and some of these fears that uh, uh, people, I believe, feel powerless about. And, uh, and as time has gone on, it seems like issues like our national debt just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger in this huge cloud of fear that just keeps growing and growing. And something inside me says that the founders had to have thought of this. They've thought of so many other issues. Um, and, and I believe that Article 5 was one of their in, uh, ways to give people power in situations like this when federal government is out of control that uh, the people can and have their say and, and uh, have an intervention when the government uh, uh, is drunk on spending money in this case. And so um, I, was, I used to be neutral on this itch, issue. But then we, we did a good job. We did our part as voters by electing Donald Trump and, and uh, many Republicans to Congress. And they all ran on fiscal responsibility. And what happened? They, they spent like, like drunken sailors, you know? And, and it, uh, it was very disheartening to me as an as a, uh, average Republican uh, citizen that uh, was just trying to mind my own business and, and uh, do, uh, do my job and farm. And, and, um, but uh, to me, something just seems so, so strange and out of whack with that. And uh, there was quite a few issues in Iowa that inspired me to uh, run for office, uh, school of choice being one of them. But uh, Iowa has done a good job of passing out uh, bold legislation the last few years. It's been an honor to serve during this time. And I think Convention of States is one of these uh, issues that uh, we need to uh, lead on and, um, and utilize this tool that the founders have, have given us to rein in the federal government. Uh, but uh, by far, uh, I believe the number one threat facing our nation is this out-of-control spending that uh, that's, uh, both parties cannot uh, uh, figure out how to uh, rein in. And let's face it, uh, when politicians are out there giving promises to voters on the campaign trail, once they get elected, they want to deliver on their promises. But unfortunately, um, they have to, to print, the, print out the money or increase the national debt and to deliver on those promises. And I think secretly they are crying out to the state legislators for help. Absolutely. You speak about Americans feeling powerless, and I think that captures it well. So many Americans are discouraged by what's going on in their country. The headlines are dark. The future looks bleak. You know, we see a $31 trillion national debt. And some political figures are even talking about a national divorce. There's discouragement, there's frustration, fear about the future. But with Convention of States, as you described, we have a message of hope. And you also mentioned the founders knew something like this might happen, and they gave us a solution in the Constitution. They planned for it. In a time where there's so much divisiveness and cynicism in our society, how important is it to you to give Americans, and even just speaking of your own constituents, giving them a real practical hope for the future? How important is that to you? It's, it's, um, I, I feel it's our number one responsibility as legislators and public servants is to provide a, a message of hope at all times. And, and what I think is interesting is that this is a bipartisan issue. And when I talk to Democrat colleagues from, uh, and friends from Hawaii to, to California to other places, like, uh, um, they, they know that there's a problem. And, and we've seen bipartisan support for, for this effort. And to me, that uh, shows that uh, 
the potential is there for this to be a unifying thing. And, and I get it. In society, the divorce rate is high. Uh, people like to, to split and run, but we can't do that with our country. And uh, I think deep down people know that uh, we have to come together on this issue and, uh, and let our voices be heard. Yeah, the bipartisan support for Convention of States is really amazing. And you're probably aware of recent polling done last year showing nearly two thirds of the American people across party lines support this effort. You mentioned Hawaii. We have Democrat sponsors of our resolution in Hawaii. We just recently had a strong bipartisan committee vote in New Hampshire. So people of all political persuasions can see the beauty in the hope that Convention of States provides. Now, I want to get a little bit closer to home for you back to Iowa. Senator Rick Santorum and Mark Meckler have been there in Des Moines. How has that been? And tell us a little bit about the town hall with Senator Santorum and Mark last night. It's been fabulous because uh, I think Rick does a good job of tapping into uh, some of the heart of Iowa. Uh, he, he won uh, uh, his presidential caucus here, and uh, there's, there's grassroots support for Rick, and, and he, uh, uh, he and Iowa have a great relationship. And so uh, some of my colleagues are more policy wonk guys, you know, and they, they want to talk more about uh, um, some of the, the, the lawyer side of things and, and some of their questions and, and that. And so that's where uh, Mark Meckler and, and I think um, uh, Michael Ferris and, and some of those other uh, gentlemen uh, do a great job, uh, you know, talking to the, the, those fellows. So, um, you know, last night we had a forum that uh, Rick Santorum and, and uh, Meckler were speaking at. And what I appreciate about that is uh, people from the other side of the issue were there. I was really happy to see them and I want to thank them for coming out. Um, you know, it's, a, it's one issue that, that does uh, uh, get passion on both sides and, and I appreciated them showing up, uh, putting in their questions, and I hope that their question, a lot of their questions got answered uh, during that forum. But, uh, um, but last night that was the biggest thing that when I went home, uh, put a smile on my face was to see that uh, um, uh, maybe we're not as divided as, as we thought we were on this issue. Mm, that's great to hear. Can you tell us what is the status of the Convention of States resolution in Iowa right now? So on Wednesday at three o'clock, there's going to be a subcommittee in state government. Uh, Senator Schultz is the chair of state government and him and I are good friends. Uh, he's a strong supporter of this and uh, so um, he, uh, he assured me that uh, uh, he, he believes that he has the votes in the state government, but we should always follow up and verify with that. But uh, a lot of the same members that were here last year are here again this year on that committee. And so last year uh, we had strong uh, support from state government. And, and so, uh, uh, so Wednesday, 3 o'clock uh, Central Time, uh, go ahead and, and uh, look on the legislative website and you'll see the Zoom link for that and join in on the conversation and hear what's going on. Um, final week is next week. Uh, that's our first deadline to make sure that uh, our, our bills and committee uh, get out. So it's a very uh, chaotic time of our session. But uh, that is another reason why Schultz is running the subcommittee this week is so he can probably run it out of committee next week. So, uh, so make sure that your eyes are on the, the Senate. I know the House has passed out some delegate um, language and have uh, paid more attention to that topic. Not sure why, um, you know, uh, their strategy might be a little bit different on this area. Uh, but the House did see a more 
change uh, changeover in politics uh, the, the last year due to redistricting and some of the primaries. I believe there's 24 new Republican senators over there. So I think they have a harder job uh, you know, getting the message out there and uh, seeing exactly where they're at on the vote count in the House. Mm. Well, we're so appreciative of your sponsorship and your being a champion for Convention of States there. I can tell you that our very own Mike Ferris, co-founder of Convention of States, is headed out there planning to testify for that subcommittee hearing tomorrow. And, you know, for our viewers who aren't as familiar with Convention of States, our Article 5 application has been passed in 19 states already, calling for a Convention of States on just three topics, imposing fiscal restraints on the federal government, term limits on federal officials, and limiting federal overreach. We view this as the constitutional solution that is as big as the problem in D.C. today. So what is the potential good that you envision these types of amendments doing for liberty and for flourishing in the state of Iowa? Well, I think it uh, uh, <clears throat> goes back to our opening comments about hope and uh, bringing uh, uh, power back to the people. And, and it's not that they've lost it. They just haven't used it. And, and so uh, I think that's the, the biggest thing that we can uh, accomplish with this uh, uh, things are upside down right now, and you see that within our budgets. Uh, uh, when people, when I go out in Iowa and people say, what's the number one problem facing Iowa? Uh, you know, we've been fiscally responsible, and, uh, but we, we do need to prepare ourselves for a potential disaster that can happen in Washington. Uh, we have a $9 billion budget uh, in Iowa, but uh, that's not really reflective of the entire situation. We have so much money coming in from Washington. I think it's close to 15 billion coming into our state for various uh, things. Well, what, what happens in a situation where Washington goes uh, uh, just completely AWOL or just, just goes uh, uh, out of control? We have to be prepared for that uh, uh, disaster here in Iowa. And, and fortunately, uh, we're fiscally responsible enough, I think, that uh, if uh, there was a disaster that happens with uh, their spending and their budgets in Washington, that we could cover our. Uh, uh, responsibilities here in the state without their help but so um, again that sense of hope bringing that hope back to the people empowering the people and making sure <clears throat> that they um, that they know that they're the ones in charge not uh, uh, not Washington yeah well unlike Congress I know that your service as a state legislator there in Iowa is true citizen service. You are a citizen legislator, not a full-time career politician. So I want to get personal just for a minute. What inspires you, Senator Green, to dedicate your time and energy to serve the state of Iowa by being a state legislator? You mentioned the issue of school choice, but um, maybe just share with us a little bit on that. Well, this is a very special time in Iowa. This is the largest Republican trifecta since 1972, so in a half a century. Uh, so I couldn't pick a better time to serve in Iowa than this time. Um, sure, every Republican I know in rural Iowa is for cutting taxes, for Second Amendment issues, um, and uh, for life, and all, all kinds of those topics. But in my race, it was an open Senate uh, seat. I didn't feel that anybody else was passionate about school choice, and so um, I had a county supervisor that asked me to run. He's like, what are you waiting for? And uh, so I, I decided to, to do it. Um, 
now that school choice has passed, I, I'm kind of sitting here wrestling like, I, I joke around with the governor uh, when I see her all the time, like, pretty soon we're not going to have anything left to fight about, you know, and, and we joke around. And, and uh, uh, the governor's been so amazing to work under, and, and, uh, but, but here we go. Here's Convention of States, and here's, here's just another issue that uh, I can get fired up about and, uh, and fight for the people. And, and so, uh, so our job's not done here in Iowa, uh, despite uh, all the great legislation. Uh, so I think for the remainder of this session, um, the, the two focuses in Iowa are going to be Convention of States and, and property tax reform. And, um, and it would be absolutely incredible to finish this session off, uh, starting off with school choice, property tax reform, and then let's finish up with the uh, Convention of States. That would be a, a year to remember in the state of Iowa. That's for sure. That is music to my ears. <laughs> and before I let you go, Senator Green, for our viewers in Iowa who would like to help push this resolution over the finish line and make Iowa state number 20 or even number 21 to join the movement, what should they be doing right now? Talking to your legislators. And, and in particular, uh, I appreciate phone calls. Uh, our emails get filled up with, with so many emails that you get desensitized to it. Uh, come to the Capitol, put in a pink slip to your legislator. Uh, we don't have uh, our own offices, we, we are in our chambers. So like, uh, that's one of the beauty of Iowa politics is we're very accessible. And, uh, and so, so come to the Capitol, uh, shake your legislator's hand, thank them for their service, and, and just uh, speak your mind about this topic. Uh, that's the most effective thing to do right now, especially in the House. Like I said, there's 24 new freshmen. Uh, they're here. Uh, they've been blasted with all kinds of uh, big topics this year. Uh, they might just uh, need a friendly reminder about uh, 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 your stance on this issue and how uh, we're not powerless here in the state of Iowa. They have a little bit more power than they think that they have in Article 5. And, um, of course, uh, follow up with your senators there as well. I know last year we had 26 votes in the Senate. It didn't come to the floor because we didn't, uh, leadership didn't think that the House had the votes. But uh, um, I, I think uh, we definitely have some work to do here in the Senate. I believe um, uh, there's a couple uh, legislators, new legislators on the fence that used to be the legislators before him that were uh, uh, completely supportive. So, um, so while you're here at the Capitol, take a few extra minutes and come over to the Senate. and. Um, um, make sure make sure your voice is heard. So that's the most effective way. Phone call, come to the Capitol. Senator Green, you said it so well. Thank you so much for being on the program today. And thank you most of all for your leadership there in Iowa. Thanks so much. Thanks for your support and all the work you guys have done. And, and we'll, we'll do our best to make sure that uh, Iowa is the 20th state, hopefully. So. I hope you guys really enjoyed this show. What I'm seeing, when because I get a chance to take a look at the numbers, is this show is very popular. One of the reasons it's very popular is because you guys are sharing it, not only by clicking the share button, which of course we want you to do, not only by clicking the like button, not only by interacting with your fingers in the comments, but just by watching. That gets fed to people that are like-minded to you because they think, in those algorithms, and they're really good in this regard, that if you're watching it, some of the people that you know that are your friends are going to watch it too, and it gets served right up. And that's one of the reasons why we're growing so well. Keep watching, keep liking, keep commenting, and we'll continue to grow this movement throughout the nation using Facebook as that platform. You're going to say, well, wait a second, Meta, Facebook, 
I don't like those guys very much. Yes, but if they are promoting us, that's something we can get behind. And that's exactly why we're here. So again, I'm giving away one of these cool rally t-shirts. If you were the one who got the answer first, if you didn't win, just go to shopconventionestates.com. We have a brand new storefront. The theme has changed. It looks different. A lot of the same products. We have some brand new products, but go over there, take a look, see if there's something there for you. Now, if you remember back to the very beginning, or even if you joined late, I'm going to tell you what our question was to our trivia giveaway and then the answer. And is, you know, well, we're working right now, we all know, towards the first ever Article 5 Convention of States. But it wouldn't be the first interstate convention and in American history. So the question was, how many interstate conventions have been conducted in American history, both before and after the formation of the U.S. Constitution? There's multiple choice. A was 10, B was 27, C was 33, and D was 42. The answer is D, 42 plus interstate conventions have been held in American history. How cool is that? There have been at least 42 conventions and not one has deviated from the scope or the call of this convention. And, you know, one of the things about that, I heard it in the Wyoming testimony the other day, one of our proponents said it very simple. There's people that are trying to think of reasons why we shouldn't be using the constitution to save the constitution, which is exactly what we're doing because there's no rules. You know, what about the rules? And this gentleman stood up in front of his legislature, there are rules, they're in there. We're gonna impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, term limits, and reduce the size, scope, and jurisdiction of the federal government. That are the rules of this, and that's what the rules are around proposing suggested amendments, suggestions to amend the Constitution. We then know in the rules it takes 38 states to pass this. And people say, yeah, but there's no, you know, all the nitty gritty, all the, what are you talking about? There's been 42 interstate conventions, not to mention that every state legislature operates by rules, whether it's Roberts rules of order, or Mason's rules, they know rules. What do they think? They're, they're going to not, not use rules just like they did in these interstate conventions, just like they did in the constitutional convention. There's rules. It is going to work. And some of our legislatures are even doing a new legislation called faithful delegate acts. And those faithful delegate acts or laws make sure that they put even more rules on the commissioners or the delegates. They're truly called commissioners that go to this convention to work towards those suggestions. And that's what makes this thing so legitimate. That's what makes this thing so unlikely, so unable to go off the rails. I hope that's helpful to you. I hope you really enjoyed the show. I'm going to turn it back over to Andrew to close it up. And I can't wait to see you guys next week. Thanks, Mike. We do this show every week so that we can reach, teach, and activate Americans with the constitutional empowerment gifted to we the people. It's up to you to make this happen. Don't expect someone in Washington, D.C. to do this for you. Don't expect them to listen to you either. We need to bring the fight to them. We need to share with them this solution that we have in Article 5, we need to call the very first Convention of States for term limits that would limit the size, scope, and jurisdiction of the federal government. If you're ready to take your place among the Americans who were ready to do whatever it take, whatever it took to get to save the republic, 
sign up for a volunteer role at conventionofstates.com. Go to www.conventionofstates.com and click the Take Action tab to get started. Don't forget to subscribe to our social media accounts. Search Convention of States on Rumble, MeWe, YouTube, Facebook, Parlor, Truth Social, and Instagram. You can listen to, the, to this program as well as Crossroads with our own Rita Peters, the Liberty Update, and legacy content from our archives on the Convention of States podcast. We've received several five-star reviews, but we need more. That's how we are able to help grow the program. So please go ch uh, check out some of that content. Give us a five-star review. Help us grow this program as, as wide and as far as possible. Uh, check out the Battle Cry with COS President Mark Meckler Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of COS Live. We have a country to save, so it's time to get back to work. Thanks for joining us.